Welcome to This Wayfaring Life, where we celebrate coming fully alive to the adventure of following Jesus. I'm your host, Dawn Jackson. Each week, we lean into stories and conversations of faith and hope seasoned with just enough grit to give you traction. I'm glad you're here. Well, hey, friends, it is always good to be back here with you and I'm coming to you on a very, very wet and rainy Monday. Uh, that's when I'm recording. In fact, I just saw on social media that my city, I live in Glendora, and since yesterday afternoon, and mind you, I'm recording this like 8.45 in the morning on Monday, okay? So since Sunday afternoon, we have had five and a half inches of rain. Um, absolutely insane. And I guess another two to three inches still to come. So uh, the Pineapple Express, right? Just crazy, crazy weather. So anyway, um, super glad to be back here with you. Excited about what we're doing um, on the podcast, the direction we've been going. So grateful for uh, the comments that I've been getting back from different ones of you who are enjoying this coaching emphasis that we're doing right now and uh, getting some really good feedback from you all. So hope you have time as you're listening to the podcast to be able to jot some of the different ideas down, the assessment tools, and are using those. Um, and, uh, if you have questions on any of them too, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram or message me on Facebook. Those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me, but I'd love to be able to support you in your journey. Now, before we get into things today, um, we got our shout out. And so as the shout out today, this is for my experienced hiking crew. Okay. So, uh, if you're just getting into hiking, and I want to do stuff for newbies here in the next few months, especially as the weather isn't so rainy and everything is green and beautiful outside, we'll start putting some things out there for all of you. But for those of you who listen and you've got some hiking under your belt and you'd like a worthy goal, and if you've never done Mount Whitney, I just want to tell you that the Whit Mount Whitney lottery season is right now. And you're like, what the heck is that? Well, that's what the shout out's about today. During the month of February is when you can put in to the lottery, so you apply and see if you can get a permit because it is so popular to go and hike Mount Whitney that they limit the number of people who can go up there every day. Um, and so you can either get a permit for, that is an overnight permit, so you could um, backpack, if you will, you know, part way up. There's a couple of campgrounds there. And you can camp so you don't have quite the climb the next morning. And you can leave all your gear at, at your campsite and then summit in the morning and then come back down to get your gear. So you can do it as an overnight trip or you can do it all at once. Um, I've had the honor and privilege. I don't know. I guess if it's an honor, but I don't know. It's been in three adventures. I've had three different times when I've been able to do Mount Whitney. One of them, well, two of them were on backpacking trips. And so if you do a, a, a backpack trip, which I did longer trips, I was on the John Muir Trail and I was on the High Sierra Trail. And both of those, I was able to procure a, a Whitney exit. So I was able to go and tag Mount Whitney on my way down. And then I've also done it as a one day. And that's what this lottery as well. You can get a one day permit so you don't camp and you do the whole thing up and down in a day. That's how I did Mount Whitney the very first time. Um, it's 22 miles. I think you climb around 6,200 feet, but please remember Mount Whitney is the tallest mountain in the lower 48 and it's right around 14,500 feet tall. And so, um, not much oxygen up there. So you don't go quite as quick. I believe we started somewhere around three in the morning, maybe, maybe two in the morning. And I think we were out by four in the afternoon. Um, but it is, and you take your time on that. So actually if you, if you decide you're going to do this and you're going to go after it, please read up on it. 
Um, Mount Whitney is not, nothing to be played with and you can get elevation sickness and such up there. But if you, if you train right and you stay fueled and hydrated and pay attention to how you're feeling and don't push too hard, it's definitely doable. It's an amazing trip. So what you need to do is you need to apply for in the lottery and I'm going to put the link to the lottery in the show notes. Um, and in the lottery, you'll have an opportunity to put 10 dates in. And so you go through your calendar, choose the 10 dates you want. You decide whether you're asking for a a permit for overnight or you want to do it in a day. And you put it in there. And the month of February is when they're accepting lottery applications. And then they close it March 1st. And by March 15th, you found out if you won the lottery. (laughs) It's the kind of a different kind of winning of the lottery. Not like the lotto. I'm sure we'd all love to win at some point with all the millions and millions. But it's actually really cool to get a permit. And whatever permits are not then claimed out of the lottery, they put up a couple months later where you can try to grab them online. So anyway, for those that are interested, I wanted to put that out there because it is a worthy goal and maybe you're not ready to do it this year. Uh, Maybe you'd prefer to do something more just to get a little bit more experience. I'll be talking about some opportunities on that here in the next couple of months just to get some backcountry experience, some hiking experience under your belt, and maybe someday... Whitney will be, maybe it's on your bucket list. Maybe it's something you want to do in a couple of years. You can still go look at the site. Just get familiar with it. Start watching YouTube videos, reading people's blogs. That's what I did. Um, when I was starting out on all of this, we didn't really have a lot of YouTube. We actually had a lot of blogs, read a lot, learned a lot. Um, and I got my, my lotteries in. So I put 10 dates in. We'll see if I get one this year. It'd be fun to go for a fourth time. Well, my friends, we are on this journey and let me just do a recap of where we've been because we've been in this series called Come Alive. And we took a look at the very beginning of the series of the story of the woman at the well and how Jesus set her free from her prison of shame so she could truly come alive. The reality is, is that shame will do whatever it can to hold you back, especially when you're stepping out and beginning to walk by faith, which is critical for truly coming alive and what it means to be Um, one who follows the one who is the way it requires faith and, and there will be times shame will try to hold you back. So, um, you, if you haven't listened to that, you might want to go back and listen to that, uh, because shame will tell you, you don't have what it takes to do this, but Jesus will tell you something different. So then we talked about writing up our vision statement for our life. And this is our legacy. Um, it's, it's a word picture, if you will. It's a mural of what your life is supposed to be all about. And, um, and you can go listen to that. If you missed it, you can grab that. It's a couple episodes ago. And then the next step, if you remember, I I used an illustration of nesting bowls. And so you have the outer bowl, which is that legacy statement that, that getting a vision statement for your life. That's the outer bowl. And nesting bowls are basically where you have a big bowl. Like think of like bowls you might use for mixing things, mixing bowls, right? In the kitchen. So you have a big bowl and then inside of it sits a smaller bowl, which inside of that sits a smaller bowl. They nest inside one another. So think about this vision statement as being the big bowl and the bowl that's going to nest inside of it is your purpose statement. Now we're going to get to purpose statement next week, because if you listen last week, you know, I said, okay, before we do that though, we've got to address two things. One is we've got, to un- we've got to address unmet needs because if you have core needs that are not being met, that will actually hinder you from fulfilling your life purpose and your life vision will not become a reality. And unmet needs, they drive your life and they won't allow you to live from 
core values. And so last week we unpacked core needs and I give you an assessment, a link to an assessment put out by Cheryl Weir and associates. It's the best I've ever seen out there. And you can take that assessment. It's in the show notes from last week. It will also be in the show notes today. And, um, it helps you to discern what your core needs might be. And then in last week's episode, I coached you through some questions that you can use to really, um, understand what's behind the core needs, what's under it and how you might ensure that your core needs are being met. Now today we're going the next step, which was also part of that assessment. And we're going to take a look at our core values because once your core needs are being met in a healthy way, you can now then live creatively from this place of your core values. And that's what we're going to unpack here today. Now, if you did that assessment last week, you probably saw that there was a values assessment as well. If not, you can go look for it. And like I said, it'll be in the show notes as well. But if you did the values assessment last week, you're ahead of the game. You're the overachiever. Um, you can actually take out your results and maybe follow along. You don't need to have taken it though to listen in. You can still listen to this write some notes down, and then go take the assessment. You can always come back and give it a re-listen if you need to. So what are core values? Well, let's talk about this. Values are like a compass point that are empowering us and uh, to point our life to true north, the direction we're actually called to go. Now, let me remind us all of this. Um, This podcast, this is a a Jesus-centered podcast, okay? And as followers of Jesus... Um, we are, like I just said, Jesus centered. We believe that God created, he created you. He created me in our mother's womb. Psalm 139 talks about how God knit us together in our mother's womb. It's a beautiful picture. And we learn from Genesis one that we are all imagers. We were created in the image of God. He made us as his imagers. And in that, in the garden, the story in the garden in like Genesis one and two, God commissioned mankind to go and to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth, which is also like have dominion. Now that's not like ruling with an iron fist. That's all self-serving. That couldn't be, that is so far from how God, what he called us to do by all means. That's not at all what he meant. He actually means that we're to use the resources that he has provided us with to go and to create beauty and organization Um, knowing that all of our ability actually comes from him. And as his images, his imagers were reflecting him in doing these things. Now, um, he's made us unique and he's gifted us in different ways, which is really powerful. Now, of course, we know that sin, the decision we made to do things our way, uh, Genesis 3, it marred all of this. But because of what Jesus did on the cross for us and then his subsequent resurrection, he reconciles us back into relationship with God. And as that, God desires to uh, see us do good. He desires to do good works through our lives, works that he has planned in advance for us to do. Now, there's so much in what I just said right there. Like That is just like a quick little like creation, fall, redemption story. And we don't have time to unpack all of that, but I just think it's important to keep that all in mind here. Um. Because the key piece here is this, we are not creating our own lives, all right? A lot of times in the world and you hear, and there's some, there's some, you know, good principles here and there that you see in different stuff that's out there secular, but it's very human-centric, all right? Um, You know, I work, you guys often will see I do collaborative stuff um, with Wit and with Hill, and we call that living by design. 
And the key on that is that we are not designing our life, but there is a design from our designer, which is who is God. And we want to live according to the design that he has on our life. That's what it means living by design. So our way of the way I coach here, what I actually believe, um, my core values, all of that spring from the space in this podcast as well of being Christ centric, Jesus centric. We have been created and there is a design God has for my life. And then from that, as I discern who he has made me to be, um, and I live from that design, that's when I actually become more who I was always meant to be. In other words, think about it this way. We're called as Christians to die to ourselves, but it's when we die to ourselves that we actually find who we truly are because we find this life of who God has actually made us to be. And we find such incredible fulfillment and purpose in that life. And it's beautiful. So, and in that he has put into each of us, these core values that cause us to come alive and they serve us by providing guidance in decision-making. So in one of my coaching books, values are defined this way as a trust or a conviction about a principle, a standard or aspect of life that is considered to be true, desirable, and inherently worthwhile. And, um, they're, they're powerful. They don't drive us. They lead us. And they tend to, as a whole, they tend to fall into now values as a whole, right now I'm talking about core values, but let's just open it up a little bit because sometimes we get confused as to, uh, there's different ways people will use values and they can often fall into three categories. You have values that are superficial shoulds, and these are often unexamined, something we feel like we should believe or do because we were just told by somebody else that this is what you should believe and this is what you should do. Then there are chosen values, which resonate with us. We see them as important and we endeavor to act in alignment with them. So like, for example, um, in my life, this isn't a core value, but it is a, a, a value that I have adopted into my life and I choose to live by because I've seen the power of it. And that's the value of vulnerability. And I've come to find, because I didn't live my whole life that way, I lived my life for many years being guarded, walls up, distance, but I have found the beauty in vulnerability that when you're in safe communities where you can be vulnerable, God brings healing to our lives. And so I value that. Now, it's, but like I said, it's a chosen value, not a core. A core values are critically important values that we hold, and we cannot find a fulfilling life if we do not honor those core values. They are Jesus-centric, and he puts these values into us. And we are talking today about core values. They are who you really are for you to be you. When you live by these values, you feel excited. You feel connected. Life is effortless. There's creativity and immense satisfaction. Energy is created, and you are propelled to great achievements. You see, values have power. They help us navigate significant changes. Uh, they reflect our highest principles. They release tremendous potential for success. Um, they lead us to a fulfilled life. So it's important for us to gain awareness of our life values and then assess our life and our actions to see if they line up with our values. So for example, somebody might really find that they have this very huge value, a core value about family life. But then as they're assessing things, they're seeing that 
their work life is so demanding with the long hours that there's dissonance and inner conflict in their world because that value, they're not able to really live from it because they are working so many hours. That's why this is such important work because when we will take the time to step back and evaluate and see how God has shaped us, the values he's put into us, and this is our life in alignment with those values, then we can make choices to live our lives in alignment. Now, the reality is, is most people don't live their lives in alignment with their values. And there's a couple of reasons for this. First of all, um, they, they may just be living their life just to get by. Um, they're just stressed, running hard, and um, they fall asleep hard at night. They wake up, got to do it again. No time to think about things. Um, they're probably running ragged. Some folks, they're just so overloaded with responsibilities. And um, maybe they've had a hard time saying no to things. And so they've taken on more than they should. And uh, they're making everybody else, you know, happy and everything. But they're not really living out from the design that God has for their life. And doing an assessment like this can help us in learning what to say no to so that our yes can be said to the things we're supposed to say yes to. Others, they're just not living by values because they're still being driven by those unmet needs, which is why that um, episode last week is so important and critical to work through before you try to work through your values piece. So to honor your values, change might be necessary. And that can be scary, but it's also really powerful. Now, besides the assessment, which you know, the link, like I said, is in the show notes. There's other ways you can assess your core values as well. Let me give you, let me give you two other ways. The first, super simple, just go and on Google, on, online, just Google core values and you will find core value lists that will come up and you can read through them looking for the ones that actually resonate deeply inside of you. If they're resonating deep, it probably means it's a core value and you can just sort of go through and pull the different ones out and They'll usually fall into one of three categories, um, either experiences or creating or being. And you might find a list of 10, 15, but then you can whittle them down, you know, like to your top five or seven. The other way to do it is you could reflect back on your childhood and the qualities that you had when you were young. You see, there are things that you have been naturally drawn toward for your entire life. And so if you think back, like if I think back, I remember the first time I went hiking, I was seven years old. It was with my grandparents and we had gone to Grand Teton National Park and um, we were at Jackson Lake and uh, which I thought was cool because my last name is Jackson and um, we went hiking and I saw a beaver dam and like I just came alive inside like I still remember this this hike we had it was so amazing and um, I mean that part of outdoors and adventure it is one actually is one of my core values. And so I can see it from my childhood days. So as you look at your childhood, write down, uh, these qualities that you had, just write them down quickly. Don't try to overanalyze and then go back and circle the ones that are part of your life today and that actually feel natural to you. So once you've identified them, then it's important to dig around them a little bit so that you can understand them and assess if your life is actually in alignment. So let me use myself as an example, give you some of my top values. Um, most of these probably won't, um, like shock you or anything like that. But my first, my top value is definitely spirituality, but not just spirituality. It's God that the fact that I serve the Christian, uh, Judeo God, right? Like uh, God first, Jesus centric. I mean, that's my number one value. Uh, my second one is teaching. 
And there's a slash after each of these. So it's teaching slash illuminate. Like I love it when I am teaching and it could be in a classroom setting, but it could be on a trail somewhere, but just sharing something and watching somebody's eyes just all of a sudden light up as they see a truth. It's just like amazing to me. I love it. I come alive for that adventure. There's my adventure word. That's my next one. And the slashes behind it are like the unknown, the thrill. I love adventures. I like feel myself shrivel up when I don't have some kind of an adventure on the calendar. So like right now I've got permits pulled for this summer, um, in July. And then I've got a uh, hiking trip in Washington planned for friend with friends in August. So, uh, having some adventures out there, I love it. Um, another one from mine, relatedness and connection. It's super important to me. I thrive. I like, I love collaborating when I'm working with Witten Hill. I like relating. I like connection with others. It's, it's a core value. Leadership and motivation, another core value of mine. Um, there's a few more, catalyst and coach. Um, and then freedom is right there with all of these. The value of freedom. I do like having my freedom. I love Having my schedule, um, being able to dictate my schedule these days is a huge thing for me. And beauty, oh my gosh, like I'll stop everything to go watch a sunrise or a sunset. So those are some of mine. They resonate deep. And when my life is in alignment with those values, I feel like I'm in the flow. You know what I mean by in the flow? When it's just like, it's not a struggle. It doesn't mean there aren't hard things, but you're just in this flow because it's who God made me to be is how I am living my life. Now, I, as I mentioned before, I'm indebted to Cheryl Weir and Associates who developed the assessments that's in the link, uh, that is linked into the show notes. I also got ideas for some of the coaching questions from them. And so here's what you want to ask when you are looking at your core values and you want to dig around them and dig under them. First of all, why is this value important to me? And be specific on that. Like, why is it important? As you gain awareness of what's going on deep inside of you, you're understanding what fuels you. Because when you live from your values, you get fueled. You know what I mean by fueled? It's not just for cars. Like we talk about this in the running community. You got to be fueled. That's your food, right? It's what's keeping you going. And in life, when you live from these places with your core values, it's like fuel to your life. So understanding why it's important, that particular value is important to you is, um, is critical. Number two, who am I being when I express this value? Like, how does it impact my behavior? How do I feel about myself, life, and others? So I often use the term, I come alive and, and I do. That's how I feel when I'm teaching with a group of people or I'm taking a group of people hiking or for their, yeah, their first time to a summit. I mean, I, or somebody wants to talk to me about either Jesus, Jesus always trumps hiking. Okay. So Jesus, or talk to me about hiking or something. I, I come alive inside because I love it. Number three, how effectively am I expressing this value in my life? And list, list five specific ways. Now, some of you might be thinking, Don, isn't this getting a bit self-centered and selfish? And actually that's not what this is about at all. It's actually, how are you stewarding who he has made you to be? Because it's not about getting out there and being selfish and I'm going to be irresponsible. But instead, like I see the stuff I do in the outdoors as ways to connect with people, have deep conversations, uh, coach, uh, do uh, mentoring, spiritual formation. Like there's a lot that flows from that space of who he made me to be. 
um, as I live from those core values. Number four, how am I expressing this value in my life? Um, oh, I'm sorry. How am I not expressing this value in my life? So if you're looking at your values, what is it? What's not being expressed? That's probably a place where you're frustrated because your values really want to be lived out. And number five, what three changes would I make to honor this value? And uh, do you need to change jobs or face a tough situation? That's super important. And please understand, I meant to mention this earlier, when you're, when you're assessing this, you know, as we are Jesus-centered in these values and who he made us to be, these values will never be in contradiction to what the word of God says, what Jesus says. So when we're talking about changes, we're changes that are bringing us more in alignment with who he made us to be according to the teachings of Jesus, right? So it's not some value that the world might have that's out there. Like, you know, the world will talk about, well, this is my truth and you can have your truth. Well, as followers of Jesus, we believe that Jesus is the truth. And so my values need to line up to the truth that he teaches. So just wanted to make sure I throw that in there because then you make changes so that you're actually more in alignment with these values, but these values are not in any way contradicting what the word of God teaches. And when you live from a place of alignment with your values, it unlocks creativity. Remember, remember what I said earlier, that most people don't live lives in alignment with their values because they're either just getting by or they're overloaded with responsibilities or they're being driven by unmet needs. But we will not fulfill our life vision if we're not living by our values. So core needs need to be met first. Otherwise, they're just gonna, we're just going to be driven. And then from there, we begin to like get our life in alignment with those core values. And this is going to support getting that life vision of becoming a reality and support you with your life purpose that we'll look at next week. So for right now though, is there a project that you can take on that you know it would allow you to express your values? You know, is there something you've been putting off? You're like, someday I want to do, someday, someday. And you're finding yourself driven and frustrated some in your life. Maybe you love the outdoors and you've always wanted to have a small garden, but you've never taken the time to do that. Or maybe you love movement and uh, you've always thought, someday I'd love to do the marathon. Or maybe leadership is a core value. Could there, could there be a higher level of involvement you could take on in an organization where you find interest? What would it feel like for you to live in alignment with these core values? Take a moment and even step back, look at those. What would that feel like? Feel what it's like to come alive from value-based living. So my friends, we're going to use all this as we proceed with this whole bowl illustration. We'll pick that back up next week. We'll talk about our core purpose. But for now, have fun assessing your core values. Have fun putting some activities, maybe some goals in place that allow you to actually live out those values and just keep leaning in, learning and growing. My prayer is that you would come alive to the call of God on your life. I'll see you next week, friends. Thank you for joining me today on This Wayfaring Life. If you'd like more information on coaching with me, head over to thiswayfaringlife.net where I offer growth coaching for life, leadership, and spiritual formation. See you next time.